0: Now in her second year as Salesforce's CIO, Joanne Olsofsky has been hard at work leading the digital transformation of the company while it continues to grow globally. She returns to the special episode of IT Visionaries co-hosted by Vidya Peters, the CMO of MuleSoft. Together with Ian, they discuss how things have been going. Plus, Joanne gives a broad overview of what it means to be a CIO and to be part of the day-to-day business strategy. Plus what she's most excited about when it comes to technology of the future. Enjoy the special episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Salesforce platform, the low-code app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile-ready apps for employees and for customers. In this mini-series on all things integration, we are excited to partner with MuleSoft, the number one platform for APIs and integration. With Salesforce and MuleSoft, every business can unlock new connected experiences and drive digital transformation by connecting any app, data, or device. Learn more at mulesoft.com about.
1: Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have a special episode today. We have in a disclosed location at Salesforce, Vidya. What's going on?
2: Ian, it's great to be here.
1: So Vidya is going to be my co-pilot. We're going to be flying together in the skies on this journey because we have returning guest Joanne, how's it going?
3: Hey, how's it going? It's awesome. Life is good.
1: Life is good. So I, I first wanna want to kick it to Vidya to give a little introduction on the type of stuff that we're gonna be talking about today.
2: Ian, thanks for having me be your co-pilot today. Super <laughs> excited to be on this podcast. Joanne, thanks for your time. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about the role that IT has been playing. Traditionally, IT has been considered a cost center for companies for many years. How have you seen this role change and evolve?
3: Yeah, I think it's actually changed quite a bit. Um, Of course, it certainly depends on the industry that you're in, whatever, you know, business opportunities, business challenges that every CIO and every technology leader in their respective companies is, are facing. But um, certainly long years ago, I, I definitely feel like we were more focused on just, you know, drive efficiency in the company, but cost cut, cost cut, cost cut. And, you know, a lot of our cost cutting, we send those dollars back to the corporate kitty, if you will, and and uh, it goes back to... Uh, Broader purposes. Whereas today, I would really feel like we have shifted because all of our companies, no matter what industry you're in, we're all technology companies, we're all enabled by technology. And it is so important for us to find ways to drive efficiencies and innovation and really be change agents throughout all of our organizations. So do I have to run a business? Absolutely. I totally run a business. My CIO colleagues in the industries run. We all have to run an efficient business. But we try to also self-invest into innovation within our own companies. So this past year, for example, I joined Salesforce You know, in February of last year of uh, 2018, and you know we've been striving to drive efficiencies within the company, automate, obviously leveraging our own technology a, a good bit. But where we find opportunities for efficiencies, we're now taking some of those dollars and we're reinvesting into what we call our own little venture fund to invest in new programs, new projects, new innovations uh, to take the company forward. So we're pretty psyched about it. We're really, truly enablers at the table with our business partners, working collaboratively to progress the company,
1: what are some of those side projects? Do you have any like one or two that you would want to highlight that are exciting?
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, we are obviously big into certainly using our own technology. We have been uh, turning up some bots uh, here and there, and you know all over really, and trying to improve our customer experience and make it better and better. Our customers are. You know, key to everything that we do, and so we want the experience to be the best that it can possibly be. So we're enjoying uh, leveraging AI. We're enjoying leveraging bots. We're, you know, taking data to a whole new level of what we can explore and what we can extract, what we can predict. So, been a lot of fun for sure. Joanna, you've
2: been in IT for a very long time. I love your okay, tenure and it. experience. Okay, watch it. I love your experience as a, as a CIO, seeing this in multiple industries and companies. Give us a sense of how those conversations have changed. If, if you were in a meeting with the CEO in a previous role as a CIO, how has that conversation evolved and changed? Give us a sense of the projects that you used to be working on back then versus now.
3: Uh, I would say, you know, years past, it was Maybe, you know, I've I've been doing this, yeah, 30 years, okay, if I have to count. (laughs) But, you know, long years ago, it was quite tactical. You know, I would say we probably played a lot more defense, and our budgets were maybe very much more operational in focus. So today, I would say more and more is being able to spend on more strategic outcomes and delivering value for the business. You know, I always... Tell people, you know, actually, a wise mentor used to tell me, if you want to know how efficient your organization is, look at the way your people spend their time. And many years ago, we, when we run our own data centers, we run our own environments. Environments were a lot of times more complicated. There weren't a lot of obviously cloud solutions and things like that that we could leverage. We had to build a lot of things, and consequently, you spent a lot of time playing defense. You know, you don't score points when your defense is necessarily on the field. Of course, it depends on what team you have. But that's a whole other story. (laughs) Um, But you know, you you score points, and you got your offense out there, and so that's what we really try to do these days is to make sure that we're leveraging as much of our budgets and our dollars that we can, so that we can, you know, score points, so we can progress the organization, so we can implement strategic things. I think that's where it's shifted quite a bit. Certainly, cloud has really greatly helped that. I mean, we're Salesforce, right? So we're born in the cloud. But you know, my prior endeavors. I was taking companies from heavy on-prem to cloud and so got to see that evolution. And many of my CIO colleagues are going through you know, similar things where it just depends on their industry. Some, of course, are born in the cloud, but most all of us have pretty hybrid environments over the years where you've got a lot of industry-specific things. You might have had to hard code from you know, many years back because you can't necessarily go buy an off-the-shelf system or a cloud service to do something very unique for your business. So all of us are managing these very hybrid environment. So I'm, I have to say I'm quite fortunate here at Salesforce to kind of be born in the cloud, if you will. Very small infrastructure for my team that's actually on-prem. Speaking of playing offense, can you tell us a little bit about the digital
2: transformation priorities that you're seeing at Salesforce? What's the role that IT is playing in setting that vision and strategy?
3: Yeah, IT here is really, uh, we actually, our nomenclature internally is business technology. So we've rebranded ourselves this past year because uh, we are really working closely with all aspects of the organization for starters. So our internal business partners, our technology and products team that actually develop the products for our external customers just throughout the organization. And so we've really been stepping back and really taking a look at how our company functions, how we operate from all organizations throughout. And my architecture team, my my CTO, we've been creating uh, multi-year journeys and technology roadmaps by organizations, trying to understand, you know, what are their current systems capabilities uh, gaps that they might need to position the company you know i think everybody knows you know salesforce is on an amazing trajectory we're, we're so thankful to be a part of it but we're growing quite quickly and uh, fastest of any real technology company I think I've ever seen in my career. And so we're growing and globally. So that introduces all sorts of complexities. And we have to be able to scale the company. We have to be able to have an awesome customer experience for all of our internal and external customers. So with that comes a focus on not only creating those multi-year journeys, multi-year roadmaps for where we need to position, where we need to go, getting the buy-in from our leaders, but we're pretty much focused on a few key areas, I would say, If I had to list off just a few, I would say we'd start with trust and compliance. Clearly, everything that we do at Salesforce throughout, whether it's our products that we sell to customers or internally what we do, trust is just number one. We want to make sure that we provide a a very trusted environment where we are transparent internally as well as externally, and we're protecting all of our data for our customers, for ourselves, and so on. So Trust is huge here. I would say next, I would probably say scale and operational excellence. As you grow from, you know, some of my my employees here, you know, they were here 10, 15 years ago when we were a much smaller company and we're 35,000 plus employees now pushing 40,000 and scaling, like I said, globally. So we have to scale not only quickly, but efficiently. Right. And so with that comes the use of technology. So we're leveraging technology to enable that scale. I already mentioned customer experience and I would say global expansion uh, as well. Really key because a lot of our focus is in our new global ventures, global customers. That's a really big deal. And I would say also uh, how we show up in the in the ecosystem is very important. So for our partner ecosystem, for look at all the businesses that are now created that are leveraging Salesforce as a platform, whether it's in our App Exchange or all of our partners in the industries, whether it's our systems integrators and so on. There's truly a huge ecosystem that revolves now around Salesforce as a product and as an enabler. Whether you're talking Sales Cloud, Marketing Cloud. Cloud, service cloud, integration cloud, MuleSoft, it's, it's all really huge and it's just got huge impact.
2: When you see a company growing as rapidly as Salesforce, I mean, it's the fastest growing enterprise company in history. I'm sure budgets for IT don't go up at the same rate. So how are you thinking smarter, working more efficiently to create that scale for Salesforce?
3: Yeah, you're so spot on there, I tell you. You know, we do – I have an internal saying that we're going to be great stewards of the systems that we have because we have to be. And you're right. You know, none of us get an unlimited IT budget. We all have to create business value. We have to create business cases in terms of, you know, should I do Project A or Project B or Project C? Well, let's see. What's the return on it? What's the customer experience? What's the strategic value? What's the return on investment of where I should invest those dollars? So I kind of jokingly say Mark Benioff is a very charitable guy but I do not have an unlimited IT budget even here at Salesforce and and that's okay because it teaches us how to be, you know, great business leaders as well. And so we are really focused on how do we stretch a dollar? You know, how do we find opportunities to kind of reduce cost, maximize our efficiencies internally again to my earlier point you know, not play. And unfortunately here, we don't play a lot of defense. You know, our uptime is tremendous. It's the best I've ever seen for any organization. I've, I've had kind of had three 10 year careers and, and it's truly the best I've ever seen. So my team is very fortunate in that they get to play a lot of offense and deliver product and deliver functionality for the business, which, which is huge. Uh, velocity is huge. Capacity is huge. Every business partner wants us to deliver faster and our internal Salesforce business partners are no ex- exception to that. And that's certainly a challenge. Uh, speed to deliver is what, you know, me and a lot of my CIO colleagues talk about all the time is how do you stretch a dollar? How do you deliver faster? Certainly, you know, having the advent of cloud and kind of what we do with configuring, not coding. We don't want to code as much anymore. We're kind of past that. So configuring the functionality that our business users need is really huge.
2: Now, Salesforce has such a wonderful culture of trust, accountability, and results. How are you measuring the impact of IT? And what are some of the KPIs that you're using?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, KPIs kind of ebb and flow depending on what whatever's going on at the moment, I would say. We have a few different categories that we look at when we talk about KPIs internally that my team looks at kind of routinely. I would start with probably the strategic KPIs, obviously, in terms of the portfolio delivery. It's your usual stuff. You know, is your project on time? Is it on budget? Are you meeting the business outcomes that you set out for a given project? You know, those are are pretty important. Looking at the percentage of IT spend on strategic efforts, uh, transformational efforts versus, let's say, what we call KLO, keep the lights on, operational efforts, because we all have that. Uh, That's going on.
1: That's great, KLO. (laughs)
3: KLO, yeah, party on. (laughs) Operational metrics, I would say, are really important. I mentioned trust, so certainly we we track cyber, we track patching capability, we track, you know, all things that have to do with constantly. Of course, we're all seeing a barrage of patches from third-party products for our environment that we certainly have to make sure, whether it's, you know, usually on the clients uh, that we have to keep up with. So we automate a lot of that. We have pretty good rigor on that, which is really awesome, really cool. Certainly, we are all about dual-factor, triple-factor authentication. So those are all really, really huge for us. Certainly, as any IT shop, we've got availability metrics that we measure by, of course, we manage to socks compliance. We have those metrics internally. We also have a, a pretty big rigor on satisfaction uh, within the workforce with user satisfaction for our work services. We automate and do a lot of self service internally, so we don't have the you know quote unquote help desk calls that uh, I would say my prior organizations had because there's a lot of self service capability that we promote and that we've provided, and actually that's also available for our customers and the app exchange, but um, we definitely measure our IT client, you know, our user client satisfaction through surveys internally. Certainly, we have financial metrics. You know, we have an internal metric we call cost to serve. So, we look at what is the percentage of IT spend per Salesforce employee and we kind of track that. Uh, of course, we all have budgets that we all manage. Everybody's used to that. And then last but certainly not least, one of the things I'm most passionate about, of course, is people talent in the workplace, our ability to attract, retain awesome talent is very huge and really important. Certainly, you know, I'm a Hispanic female. I, I, I'm i very interested in our ability to attract and retain diverse talent, people from all walks of life, all sectors, all industries, all cultures, all environments. Uh, you know, I don't want an, an organization that, you know, everybody looks and acts like Joanne, that would be totally boring. We really want an organization that's with diverse breath, And so I think that that's really huge. So those are a few of the KPIs, if you will, and metrics that we kind of look for within our technology team.
1: I quick thing. So we're in the Salesforce, uh, Salesforce building. They have awesome like trailblazer stories all over. Atticus Tyson is The next interview this afternoon, (laughs) the Intuit CIO. That's great.
3: No, seriously,
1: he's at two o'clock.
3: Oh, how funny
2: is that?
1: Isn't that so funny? I just saw that.
3: That's like what a uh, world. That's
2: so yeah. I used to work with Atticus at Intuit. Oh really? No kidding. Yeah. Oh
3: wow!
1: Shout out to shout out to him. His episode is going to be coming soon. So for Very our cool. listeners who so appreciate it,
3: nice, nice, nice,
2: Joanne. I love those set of KPIs. That is the most all-encompassing set of KPIs I've ever I've ever heard a CIO being accountable for. I mean, you go all the way from trust to performance to people and diversity. That's that's pretty inspiring to hear. How are you finding yourself being a part of more strategic business conversations around driving revenue and and really moving from that back office to front office, something that we talked about earlier in the conversation.
3: Yeah. And, you know, that's a good question. When I think back on, you know, I, I like to reflect and I think about how it works at Salesforce versus my prior companies, and uh, which were, by the way, very different industries from, you know, telecommunications to freight transportation to high tech. And, uh, you know, it's varied throughout the years, I would say you know as i look back and kind of reflect as to where i am now and and some of that i would say the step one to being a part of being a party at the table if you will is certainly understanding the culture within your company the industry because it's all quite different depending on the industry that you're in I would say being a part of the table is first having an invitation to be at the table, and not all are. I've seen certainly colleagues that are still struggling with kind of being at the table. I'm fortunate here that I'm definitely part of the the solutioning uh, within Salesforce. We're a huge part of that. You know, my prior organization, I was certainly a part of that. But I would tell you I've seen in years past where you weren't always as a CIO a part of the solutioning. You were kind of considered, you know, back office, so to speak, you know, run that cost center, right? So I would say, you know, success breeds success. And sometimes you have to have some small wins and organizations start taking note and start noticing that, oh, what's going on over there, right? And so I think building relationships internally is really important identifying, like I said, what's strategic, what's really gonna move the needle for a business partner organization, and i really do feel like success breeds success it becomes very noticed when you start having some of those those wins some are quick wins some not so quick but it definitely people start taking note and start paying attention when that when that happens i also think you know being a change agent is very important you know we're all trying to progress our own organizations and i think that that's really important kind of positioning for the future And when you are a change agent and you're able to really step back and you know, all ideas don't have to come out of Joanne's head. You know, I've got thousands of people that work in our organization and ideas come from everywhere. So leveraging the insights the knowledge, the backgrounds of business partners, you know, your internal IT team, your external teams, you know, I go out into a lot of VC communities, I go out into meet a lot of certainly other CIO colleagues, other organizations and I try to use those things on the side of my head more than I try to use my mouth, you know, I try to use your ears more than your mouth and and listen to what's going on in your own company outside your four walls, spending time with your customers, and just really building relationships and learning. And you bring all that back to your company and you bring those ideas back. You have some of those wins, you establish credibility. And, you know, before you know it, you've got that seat at the table.
1: When we did our first interview, I think that was, uh, gosh, like August of last year. And then we had an opportunity to do a panel together for Dreamforce. You talked about quick wins. You know, you've had a couple quarters now under your belt What were some of those wins that you focused on in the first 90 days, first 180 days uh, when you took the job?
3: At Salesforce you're referring to? Yeah. So I would say it's uh, a few things. Uh, I think from a people leadership perspective, anytime you step into an organization, like I said, I try to use my ears more than anything else. And I spent the first short time, Salesforce moves pretty fast, so it wasn't a long time, but spent some time just observing kind of what's going on, getting to know the players, getting to know the environment those sorts of things i think getting our arms around those four areas that i mentioned earlier so i always try to focus on you know how are we doing with trust how are we doing with the things that are core and fundamental to our organization running our systems you know operationally are we meeting the demands that we need to meet internally so we found some opportunities there so we you know started driving that and taking note i think it's building relationships i think was also important to that getting out and meeting the business partners meeting certainly the key leaders employees you know all across the organization and building those relationships i mean those are kind of the soft things But they were a big win because, of course, anytime a CIO comes into a new organization, they're like, who is this person and what's this person going to be like? Am I going to like working with this person, blah, blah, blah. And so spending time on that was really, really huge. I think really diving into where our dollars go was really important. I don't want you to think of that as that's a cost center type thing. It wasn't. I have a philosophy that you need to run, you know, your business. IT like a business. And so I really started diving in with my financial counterparts. You know, where are our dollars going? Are we spending them as strategically as we need to? And we found some opportunities, quite frankly, where, you know what, w- that money would be better spent here versus there. And so we started redirecting some funding and then started focusing some of that funds on uh, more strategic imperatives. So before we knew it, we were actually able to self-fund some innovation that kind of had been in if you will, and so we were able to speed up our ability to deliver. And so we actually redirected some of those funds into, like I said, an innovation fund. We created some organizations internally that we needed to really focus on and energize and build. So we kind of redirected some headcount and what have you to improve our design thinking processes. So we're really doing design think on our key processes throughout the organization and building that. Uh, advanced technologies. We're really energizing automation and advanced technologies, leveraging that. Really looking at how we can leverage voice and other services, uh, bots, and so on. So we've we've been very fortunate over this past year that now I would tell you within Salesforce, you know, people are taking note. Wow, these guys are really, really um, delivering some cool value to the organization for
1: the for the innovation hub. Did you build that from scratch?
3: Yeah, so we actually we uh, uh we actually had a vacancy. In all honesty, we had a, a CTO that had left the company the prior year. So I I basically filled the CTO position with an internal individual here, and and he and I started working very closely together to start creating this innovation center, this innovation hub, and then we restructured, naming some individuals to run advanced technologies, oh, cool. to run architecture. And uh, started building some of these functions. We recruited a couple of folks from external organizations that joined, actually, applied for some of our open positions. And so we've been, you know, it's all about the people. Technology is just one aspect, as we all know, but the people are the enablers that really help us to deliver some of these things. So we really started with identifying where some of our shortcomings were within our structure as we had grown so fast and trying to focus on some of these specific areas.
2: Switching gears a little bit, Joanne. What does the API economy mean to you? It's uh, something that we've been hearing a lot from CIOs across
3: industries. How are you leveraging APIs at Salesforce? Uh, in a big way, actually. And I would say, even in, in my past life, APIs are huge. And, and really, here's why. You mentioned earlier a question on, you know, cost and so on. So there's a couple things that come with that with any IT environment. Again, most of us. Don't have a fresh, big, huge budget every year to just go buy everything new. And so certainly in my past life, you know, uh, working for several industries that were, you know, 100-plus-year-old industries, you know, we had a little bit of everything, right? So we had lots of different environments as well as we had modern environments and modern things that we're trying to roll out, whether it's cloud, mobile, or whatever, And so the API economy is a huge enabler for us in terms of being able to integrate data that I've got in a lot of different systems, a lot of different environments, and being able to marry that and easily integrate that with some of my newer environments And again, you know, we don't have the luxury of doing things twice. And so there's the old, you know, write once, use many times aspect of life. And so, hey, you know, if you want to maximize your ability for, remember, we said velocity and speed to deliver, absolutely, write once, use many times. I was really fortunate when I joined Salesforce. uh, We were actually a MuleSoft customer for, gosh, probably maybe five years ago now. And so we leverage MuleSoft actually in a big way. And it's all for exactly just that. So we can deliver fast. We can deliver API libraries. We can leverage services that we can plug and reuse and increase our speed to deliver and increase our our velocity which has been really empowering for us as we're trying to deliver more and more programs and as our program portfolio is getting bigger. Now, in full disclosure, you know, Salesforce has been around just hit 20 years, right? And so certainly many years ago, we had customized integrations and so on. And I've certainly lived a past life of having to do custom integrations. And that is just so yesterday. You know, that's not the way that we want to operate moving forward. And so certainly we have still some custom integrations, but with some of our programs, even this year, we're getting rid of all that. And so we are, you know, going API, going MuleSoft kind of all the way.
2: I love how you summarize that because the value that you seem to be getting out of it is exactly the inspiration behind our name. MuleSoft was named MuleSoft to remove the donkey work out of integration, to remove that repetitive, burdensome work that was just weighing down development teams and IT. And so I love that you're seeing that value of unlocking data once and then reusing that over and over for integrations across the enterprise and really allowing teams to self-serve so that you're freed up to do more strategic work. As you're working on some of these um, strategic projects, you talk about integrating all of these technologies, the old with the new, launching new customer experiences and applications. What are some of the biggest technology changes that you're seeing ahead, and how does that create opportunities and challenges for IT?
3: Yeah, we're, we are really at an amazing juncture in time, having done this gig for 30 years of my life and starting, you know, as a technician and growing throughout the management chain and being fortunate enough to lead some awesome groups in my life. This is, to me, the best time. I mean, I know we say that with every decade, but this truly is amazing. When you put together the power of cloud, compute, uh, memory, storage, capabilities, mobile, AI, uh, what we as IT leaders and business leaders are able to accomplish for our respective companies is daunting, but amazing, right? What the experience that we can lend to our employees, our customers, so that everybody can work productivity, you know, goes to a whole new level. We can work smarter. We can work faster. To your point earlier, nobody wants busy work. Nobody wants that donkey work. We all want to deliver great things. And so this era in time, you know, I rattled off a few that I'm pretty excited about. I'm super excited about new interfaces. Leveraging voice, I think, is really huge. I I don't type as much as I used to. I leverage voice. I leverage my automated assistants. I leverage haptic technologies, even in my car, right? wave your hand and, and your menu shows up. So I think the user interface is really going to change. And I'm super excited about that, especially for accessibility needs for my employees, for the world. I just think those are going to make the world a such a much better place as we can continue to improve haptic technologies and voice and, and touch and so on. I would also say maybe a little bit separate from you know our specific industry, although leveraged by our industry is medical advances, we are in a great place and time where look at how longevity has you know extended in human life, how people are living better lives, more higher quality lives, which I think is really, really cool. Whoever thought that you'd walk around and you'd be able to do an EKG on your wrist? Or you could swallow a camera and it would be able to provide medical professionals with the information that they need that is less intrusive on your body or you know, laparoscopic surgeries, things like that. IoT sensors, I think we've made a lot of progress on sensor technologies over the years, but I think it's going to get better and better, and especially when you think about the advent of marrying that with the communications improvements, whether it's 5G or whatever it might be as we move forward, communications improvements, sensors, materials, robotics, and, you know, even the environmental progress that's being made is huge. I was reading the other day about carbon dioxide catchers. How cool would that be if we could actually catch carbon dioxide out of the air and talk about making the world a better place where, you know, the human elements that we need, clean water, clean air, that we can provide to people all over the world and countries that maybe don't even have clean access to clean water. I think technology is enabling all of that, and it's empowering our lives.
1: Yeah, we, we were just at Drone Deploy yesterday talking to the CTO and talking about just like just with agriculture, the competition, their quote unquote competition was a farmer putting a ladder in the middle of a field, walking up the ladder and taking photos. And then, like, now you compare that with drones. Like, you talk about, like, exponential technology to yield more food, waste less food, like, do these sort of things. Just drones for agriculture is, like, a world-changing proposition, um, not to mention construction and the other applications. Like, things like that, you just can't – I mean, I think we forget sometimes with, like, how, you know, we have this supercomputer in our pocket. But there's old ways of doing business that, like, you know, if you can't see over an 11-foot corn stalk – how can you get imagery, right? Like stuff like that, you know, and you're like, well, we have Google Maps. Like, yeah, that takes like every year, a couple years. Like that doesn't give you day by day insights. And I think that that stuff is just so exciting to think about how much the world will change for good because of technology.
3: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And drones are special to me uh, for the reason you mentioned, as well as my prior gig. You know, I, uh, my team and I implemented drones to actually fly over railroad tracks so that we could take pictures of the rails, the ballast, the, you know, all and, day or night or what have you, and actually be able to take precise measurements. Uh, We used to say we would like to turn our finders into fixers so that our people could instead focus on the things that they needed to focus on. And certainly we definitely looked at the agricultural – And how farmers were leveraging drones as well as we, uh, you know, continue to evolve our progress and and using that technology. But we're definitely seeing drone use everywhere. And just to your point, the camera technology, that's another one that, uh, you know, has advanced greatly. And, of course, the AI that comes out of that and the machine learning absolutely huge for sure. I like to reflect back and really think about just just 10 years ago. Think about how we lived our everyday lives, right? iPhones had just come out in what, 07, I think it was. And so, you know, we've progressed so much from that. But just think about, you know, when was the last time you actually went to the movies to maybe buy a movie ticket or, you know, do a banking deposit or, you know, there's some maps. Anybody use you know, remember the old days of actually having to print out a map so you could go somewhere. I mean, that's really the old days, right? <laughs> so um, our world has just greatly changed in terms of you're right, you're carrying around a supercomputer on your hip that allows you to live your life and do so many things. And and for our customers, you know, whether you're booking a hotel room or whatever you need to do, you can just do it on your smartphone and go.
1: What about blockchain? What are you working on internally? And what are you seeing from the marketplace?
3: Yeah, blockchain is really a fascinating technology. I've been actually watching this for several years now. It's continuing to evolve for sure. And I'm really going to be continuing to watch this. I think there's a lot of opportunity. You know, we continue to listen to our customers, our partners, and evaluate what makes the most sense for our company. And certainly, the ecosystem when it comes to use of blockchain. Certainly, as a Salesforce provider, uh, the technology as we've seen it continues to be tested. It's evolving, and you know I haven't seen really mass adoption among enterprises as I you know check in with some of my colleagues and peers. But I definitely see promise in how blockchain can extend certainly trust, just because of the sheer yeah. use of the technology. Reducing data asymmetries, definitely cost, driving You know, a lot more integrity into the process. I guess that goes kind of back to trust again. But I think we're still in the very early formative years of the technology, even though it's kind of been around a little bit but I do believe blockchain holds a lot of promise in helping our customers continue in their digital transformation. So I'm personally looking forward to seeing where this evolves. And certainly my team is looking at how we want to use blockchain internally. And maybe on a future podcast, I'll share some of that.
1: Ooh, a nice teaser. She's coming back. (laughs) Okay. We got to get you out of here. You got lots of stuff to do, Joanne. We appreciate you being here. But first... We're gonna do another lightning
3: round. Oh, the lightning
1: round.
3: Yeah. Ian's been holding the questions pretty close oh, to his no. chest. So this is
2: yeah. this is a true lightning round.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't share ahead of time. I don't this is there's a lot of intake. Talk about trust. The listeners Trust me to withhold the questions for the lightning round, no matter who the guest is. But the questions, as always, will be fast and easy, just like the lightning platform from Salesforce, which you know very well. Um, You can go to salesforce.com slash build mobile apps to learn more about how you can build apps fast and easy on the lightning platform. Lightning questions. Are you ready?
3: Ready when you are.
1: What change... Guess, oh, you're not from San Francisco, right? All right, no. you're, you don't. You don't work out of here. Well, I'm. I'm, I'm s-
3: actually from the Caribbean originally. Uh, I immigrated to the United States when I was a child. I was uh, second, third grade, I guess, and uh, moved to Miami. I spent most of my life in Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Grew up there. I spent most of my early career in uh, Tampa Bay, Clearwater, working for AT and T, GT, and so on. And my my father's Jamaican, my mother's Cuban, and so. Well, that's who I am. That's the short story version. So I grew up in Florida.
1: What is your favorite train?
3: My favorite train? Well, let's see. Anything that gets me to work on time is definitely my favorite du jour. But, uh, you know, I... I'm so into, it's funny, when I was a little girl, my brothers, I had two older brothers, and we would sit and play with trains all day long. And so it was kind of hilarious that I ended up going to work for a freight transportation company. So, you know, the transportation companies are our customers. So I'm not going to say a favorite, (laughs) but I would just say trains are cool. But I would give guidance to everybody. Stay away from railroad tracks with your cars. Don't try and dodge a train. So Don't try to dodge a never train. Never try and dodge a train. The train will win. So remember, safety comes first.
1: They can't see you coming. And they can't stop even if they do. What is your favorite thing to cook or eat?
3: My favorite thing to cook or eat. So I... I love to bake, so I am a sweet tooth nut. (laughs) I love to make cheesecakes. Cheesecakes are my gig. Oh, really? Yes, I can. I can. I can kick up a cheesecake now. That's
1: pretty awesome. And uh, my my (laughs) husband,
3: yeah. We're a big green egg family and so my husband is a connoisseur of fillets on the big green egg so my favorite thing to eat is a great steak but I growing up in the Caribbean as well as Florida I love seafood so sea bass and halibut are like my favorite fishes of all time.
1: Ooh, really? I love
3: seafood and I totally love Cuban food and Jamaican food for obvious reasons.
1: I was fishing for halibut last weekend. Didn't ah, there ago. you go. So what is your favorite place To visit in the Caribbean?
3: My favorite place to visit. Oh my gosh, that is so hard. I love all the islands. Um, Wow. Well, certainly, of course, uh, hometown Jamaica. Obviously, it's a beautiful island. You know, the waterfalls, the ocean, the Caribbean is just absolutely gorgeous. Virgin Islands are totally awesome. So, I mean, I don't know. It I would be so hard to pick one. Uh, we spend a lot of time also in Mexico, so we totally love Cabo. Cabo's mm. awesome. Any place there's an ocean, I am so in.
1: Last question for the lightning round. What question did we not ask you in this interview, the previous interview, or at Dreamforce? Something that nobody asks you, but you wish you were asked more often.
3: I wish I was asked more often. Wow, that is really hard. That's a stumper. What do I wish I was asked more often? I don't know. That one's really hard. You stumped me.
1: It's, it's it comes with the territory.
3: That's how he likes to end the podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what do I wish I was asked more often? I don't know. People ask me so much stuff. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm an open book. I, you know, maybe when I was younger, I wasn't quite the open book, but now I'm just older. <laughs> I don't care. So I just let it all go. You know, I think honestly, probably STEM because it's, uh, I get asked about STEM talent here and there, but I am so passionate about helping our kids, you know, girls who code, you know, and really helping all kids, boys, young boys, young girls from the primary ages to middle school into high school to all think about a career in technology. I think, I know when I was younger, I was almost pushed away from technology. You know, girls don't do that. Well, you want to be an engineer. Girls aren't engineers. Okay. This was a while ago. I get it. But I think it's such a amazing field. I'm, you know, I'm a mom. I have four boys of my own and I, you know, have this wonderful gig as CIO for this great company. And what we're able to do and how we can make the world a better place, how we can make consumer, business, everyone's experience so much better by just levering technology and the ability to, to truly balance and integrate, to use the word integrate again, you know, work, life. I think it's huge. And I think this is the best field ever. I kind of jokingly say, if I can't be a professional baseball player, you know, <laughs> this is my second choice because I think it's an awesome field. And I, I wish people would ask about STEM more often in all of their interviews and all of their conversations and ask everybody, what are you doing to make a STEM world a great world for all?
1: Vidya, how we do? I, I feel like this is great. We need to bring you back all the time to, to, to co-host with me.
2: I loved this. This was super insightful and fun. So, Ian, thanks for having me. And Joanne, thanks for spending your busy
3: morning with us. I know you have a lot on your plate right now. And thank you guys so much. I really enjoyed it. It's been awesome. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce and MuleSoft. MuleSoft just introduced API Community Manager, setting a new standard for successful API strategies. For the first time, companies can easily build connected digital experiences for their API products, empowering anyone to quickly collaborate and co-create value with a broader ecosystem of developers, partners, and employees. Learn more at mulesoft.com platform.